0: Welcome to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado, Anschutz Medical Campus. I'm your host, Les Shapiro.
1: And I'm your co-host, Vic Lombardi. Now,
0: each episode, we'll bring inspiring interviews with great athletes, celebrities, and the most brilliant minds in medicine on how to beat adversity to win in life. So thanks
1: for spending time with us as we bring you one step closer to becoming your best unstoppable self.
0: Joanne McCallie has been one of basketball's most accomplished coaches on any level the last three decades. Uh, The women's head coach at the University of Maine, then Michigan State, then Duke. A record of 628 wins, 243 losses. If you're counting, that's a winning percentage of 72%. In her 28 seasons as a head coach, she took her teams to the NCAA Tournament, 21 of those years, including a birth in the championship game with MSU in 2005. Coach of the year in three different conferences, the Associated Press National Coach of the Year in 2005, and she did all of this while fighting some significant personal demons. Hello, Joanne. How are you?
2: Hello, Les. Thank you for having me. Great to be here.
0: Sure. So you resigned from Duke this last offseason. First year not coaching basketball in a long, long time. How are you holding up without it?
2: Um, miss it. March madness. This is getting to me now. We're in March, the best time of year. Um, it's very exciting for the teams and the ones that have really pushed through. I mean, the ones this pandemic thing has been incredible as you know. And so I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm missing my teams, um, but hopefully coaching a bigger team now.
1: So you're still looking for this, right? You're, you're not done with coaching. You want to get back into it.
2: I don't know. Right now I've got people calling me about bipolar situations. Yeah. I've got some situations where people are so fearful on the telephone that I'm coaching people. So the question is as a coach, and now I'm coach P for life, you know, on all that social media, um, I'm I'm trying to figure it all out. So I'm going to follow the secret warrior path and figure out what I'm going to do, but I'm a coach.
1: Are you afraid coach that, that people are using your diagnosis as a strike against you?
2: Oh, that happens. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, Well, I couldn't talk about it. You know, at 39 in that national championship, I thought I had a platform to maybe come out with it. And I was advised against that and told that it could ruin my career and I would never be able to leave Michigan State. Not that I wanted to leave Michigan State, but the point was to have freedom in your life. And so Duke recruited me and that was an experience of itself with Coach K. And so I guess, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but of course there's discrimination Out there, of course. And I'm sure people are saying all sorts of things about me, I think.
0: (laughs) Joanne, how did you know something wasn't quite right with your mental health? And how did it affect your coaching, if it did at all?
2: Okay. um, It happens in Maine 25 years ago. I have two episodes. The first one is a manic episode. I thought I was just productive and rocking and rolling. We were getting some great players at Maine. We were going to do some amazing things, and we did. You know, beating Alabama when they're tenth in the nation, you know, Stanford—all this stuff—it was unbelievable. But I got to a space where I didn't know, and other people like had to tell me, like my husband. And you're in huge denial as an athlete because you cannot believe that your mind has left you. I mean, you've got to be kidding. I'm a I'm a basketball player. I work out every day. I was a mom. I had my first child. It was a year later. It's a long story. I mean, it. But the the bottom line is. You don't know in a manic episode, you often don't know. And that is unbelievable.
0: Well, how did it manifest itself? How did you know you were having this manic episode?
2: Well, I didn't, but the people around me did.
0: What were they telling you?
2: Joanne, there's something going on with you. And I, I said, no, there's not. And I might, I mean, I had to be taken to a doctor and I was blue booked into an institution. And then I had to fight my way out of the institution um, because I didn't believe I was, I actually tried to get out like the, you just deny the whole thing and you fight it. And so it took my husband and my family to try to get me to a space and they could not tell me they were taking me to a hospital. And when they did that, I thought it was my husband's problem. Like I thought he had a problem. I didn't know why we were going there. And then I tried to get out. So I, it's, it's surreal,
1: um you hear this often in life oh oh you must have bipolar oh my god this person's got bipolar it's often minimized it's one of those diseases that unless you have it or know someone who has it you don't understand the power of it does it bother you when you hear that term thrown around loosely
2: uh what bothers me no i mean 2.8 percent of americans have bipolar but what bothers me when people don't get the whole thing about 50 percent of this country is somehow affected through mental health anxiety depression everything else so these, these diagnoses are important, uh, bipolar one, bipolar two, got it, okay, labels aren't the best thing, and now we've got a country and a situation where you've got, I mean, look at the numbers of suicides, look what's going on, I mean, this is unbelievable, and this was sort of, there are reasons why I decided, um, again, in the book, there's a suicide, there's, there's issues that have driven me that this can't happen anymore, young kids in high school, And so I hate labels, but I understand their need. But the reality is we're talking more than 2.8%. We're talking about a lot of people coming out of this pandemic and the phone calls I'm getting, it's, this is a blow away. People are afraid. And that's why I say stories over stigmas and mentorship matters. I am hashtagging. I am trying to do what I can because I'm going to follow secret warrior where it goes
0: All right, so Secret Warrior is the name of the book. Um, I'm wondering, did you quit coaching last offseason to write and promote the book? Is that what you're doing right now, primarily?
2: I walked away from Duke because it was the right time to pass the torch. I wasn't renewed, although we finished third in the league that year. If you check out the ACC, it's pretty tough. I was not renewed. So I walked away out of my last year, my contract. Okay, that's what I did. I was already writing Secret Warrior. I just started because of the pandemic. We had that extra time because you can only Zoom so much in recruiting. So I started in March, finished it August 8th. Then, So it, the confluence of events here is remarkable relative to me writing it. And then this, what's happening to our country and our world, that's the truth.
1: Well, I've always wondered this. How many and what effective therapy is there For bipolar disorder? Is it still, is it just a medicine? Is it a psychologist? Is it a lot of therapies? How do you treat it?
2: You treat it by a good, good psychiatrist, terrific therapist. It's, I have, I feel bad because people don't have means. That's another thing I'm gonna work on is healthcare. It's expensive. Um, But everyone needs therapists, not just bipolar people. Last time I checked, a lot of people have therapists. Uh, A lot of people have psychiatrists just for different things. Uh, it's medicine, it's exercise, it's routine. It's, it's many different things that you can do to manage it. Things trigger it. I had an enormous amount of stress on me at Maine. I was a head coach at 26. I had a, my child. I took a team to Belgium. Were, I overdid it and you can trigger it or not. It can, it can stay dormant, but these triggers that are happening right now in our country are unbelievable. People are triggering off. And I love student athletes, I'm a coach, so I'm really sensitive to NBA, WNBA, football. That's why Nick Saban is on the book. That's why you got Cheshevsky on the book in terms of endorsements, but you also have Tara Vanderveer, C. Vivian Stringer, you got Reggie Love. The point, there's a point about who's endorsed this book, the diversity and its overall effect.
0: You've talked a few times about young people and young athletes. Uh, mental health, from what I understand, is, is very underserved, especially in times like this, the pandemic. So l- let's talk about your area of expertise, though, college athletics. Could we use more mental health professionals working with college athletes? Should, should every school have professionals on staff to, to deal with these issues? Because I'm guessing all the young adults you've coached, you probably saw plenty of problems there that that should have and could have been addressed. Yes.
2: Absolutely. But it, it's got to be better than that. The way it connects, it, it doesn't connect. There's certain things that coaches, there's certain things that are not handled right now in terms of how you connect a coach in while not violating privacy. Like there's, there's a way to do this better. I feel if that makes sense.
1: How, how do you do it better? It, it, besides the personal relationships, besides coaches getting more involved, because a lot of people still sweep mental health under the rug.
2: Yes, you do it because you want to have access, quicker access to medicine when necessary. So say you've got got a sports like Michigan State or Duke, you need a psychiatrist and a therapist working together, okay? Working in concert where kids can easily just check in and it's kind of, and it's the same. You can't change the people, like you need someone committed. And so then coaches can be told, hey, Joanne, You need to understand with this player, this direction would be good. That does not violate privacy of a person. There needs to be a connection. I've experienced that. I understand what that's like. It's not prevalent. Okay, it's not prevalent because it's always psychologists. There's nothing wrong with psychologists. Don't get me wrong, but they can't administer meds. And then there's a big delay in meds, right? So I go to my psychologist. I think something's wrong. Then I got to find the psychiatrist. You got to wait two weeks. This is a student athlete who has game. Like there's a lack of connection.
0: We Are Unstoppable is sponsored by University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus, a world class medical destination at the forefront of education, science, medicine and healthcare. care right in the center of the Rocky Mountain region. Joanne, is there a general behavior um, in the way bipolar disorder manifests itself? Look, we've, we've, Vic and I have heard this, um, this term for years and years and years, uh, but I, I never really knew exactly what it meant. So, so how does it usually manifest itself?
2: Okay, it manifests itself by you not sleeping. it's, It's sleep driven to me, okay? When there are sleep problems and stress and triggers and genetic component is there and that's a problem because then you have the shame and blame game by the families. How'd you get it? Where'd you get it from? I don't recognize this. So then families blow up in blame and shame, that's a huge problem. Okay. In terms of then people feel isolated and unable to talk about it as much. So it manifests in different ways for everybody. My story is not everyone's story. It's my story. There's a continuum of mental health and bipolar. Some people cycle more rapidly and have more trouble. Some people do better with lithium. I mean, there's there's medications and there's ways to do this that really can shape people and give them more hope.
0: So when you were coaching, did the bipolar disorder affect your coaching to the point where um, your behavior was, was, because of a, a lack of sleep or, or whatever reason, you were treating people a little too harshly at times?
2: Uh, no, except at Maine. What I'm saying is it occurred at Maine, Right the two episodes. Okay. And if you talk to my main kids, the main kids are in the book and they, they talk about what they went through. Okay. But it wasn't harshness. It was remoteness. It was different. It was a different experience because I had a manic episode when you have a manic episode. I mean, you're very productive and happy and positive. And I, you know, it's one of these, it's an up, up, up thing. When you have a depressive episode, you withdraw, you pull back. My team had to deal with both. When I was then stabilized and got the right doctor and medication, when I go to Michigan State and Duke at this time, I'm rocking. I mean, I'm balanced. I'm good. I'm now. Don't get me wrong. I'm a tough coach. I mean, of course, you have to demand of your student athletes, but no, not the bipolar. That's a really fair, uh, unfair pull in there because I was so balanced. At May, well, obviously, how do we go to a national championship without balance?
0: Well, So, is what you're saying the, the highs are high and the lows are low, and there's very little in between?
2: When you have yeah, bipolar one and two, yes, yes. Well, I mean, with bipolar, I mean, again, there's a continuum with anxiety, depression. I'm trying to be careful here, you know, because there's a lot of people out there that this is hard to talk about, you know, to get it right.
1: Join this is not the only thing that you have dealt with. Uh, you have something in common with the hosts of this show. you've also had to deal with cancer and for you, it was first uh, melanoma how did how did that happen how How far did it get and how have you dealt with it since
2: um again, I think probably Duke saved my life um, the hospital I mean i have I had one. My first melanoma, that was the one, that was the killer. That was the bad one. It was on my forehead. It had manifested itself through Michigan State. Matter of fact, on pictures, thank God I was a coach because on pictures, you can see it coming and it gets darker, darker, darker. It was on my forehead. And it was my sister and my mother who saw me on TV, of course, national TV, and they zoomed in. And they said to me, what is going on there? Because it was so dark. And and I thought it was a birthmark. I refused to get help. I said, that's a little vain, you know, to get that removed. Like, what are you talking about? I thought it was that. Finally, I listened to him. I went to the doctor. Doctor says, Joanne, we're getting that off immediately. Then from there, I had the good care. They they had two surgeries to take it off and out of the forehead. I looked like Frankenstein. And then from there, I had great care at Duke. And then I had eight more. I'm not going to call them surgeries, but eight more cutoffs. Wow. Neck, back you know, they just cut you. Every time I went, I had something to be cut. But the good news is right now, there's no cutting. I'm, I'm actually six months now, which is incredible because I was one month, you know, in terms of going back, constantly rechecking. Uh, Duke Medicine, as you may or guess, is unbelievable.
1: In this day, do you still? I mean, are you still scanning your body?
2: Oh gosh, yeah. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. As a public figure, I worried about it. You got to take all your clothes off. Like, what I mean is, North Carolina is just down the road. That you have to do this all this stuff. And I said to the doctor, I said, "Yeah, is this trustworthy?" Because we live in a very rival area. Like, is any of this stuff going to get out? You know. And then, of course, the same thing with bipolar. I mean, Duke knew I, I was bipolar, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Privacy is such a big thing for people. And I had to balance that. And I'm trying to be funny about the melanoma a little bit. Like it's funny, like Carolina. Anyway,
1: it it, it was if bipolar wasn't enough. And then melanoma, uh, the third element, you had a hysterectomy.
2: Well, that was unbelievable. I left Duke on July one and I had a little video and I was 100 percent healthy and I was doing the right thing. I felt for my players, for Duke, for everything. You know, again, I walked away from a contract. That was a pretty big contract, by the way, Um, walking away from a lot of dough there. Okay, that's fine. So I walk away and I, four weeks later, I have a hearing loss. I got eye problems and then I got a cancer opportunity. So they tell me I need a hysterectomy. I got this cyst problem. I mean, never say you're a hundred percent healthy. Okay, basically never say that to anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, especially the older we get.
2: Yeah, and so everything, Yeah, yes, I had a hysterectomy. Um, now I'm going for an MRI on a knee because I like to play tennis. I mean, it, it is uh, unbelievable. I mean, it, it, this has been an unbelievable. And, and my father passed, okay, and I don't mean to make right in the middle of the writing of the book. I, this has been some kind of surreal experience. My father is the best reader in the family and will never read the book. Hmm.
0: How well has the book been accepted? Again, Secret Warrior. And are you on the speaking circuit now?
2: Yes, I, well, I'm on the Zoom podcast, whatever circuit yeah, you call whatever it. Whatever the
0: speaking circuit is these days.
2: Well, I had the beautiful experience of being on GMA with Robin Roberts. And Robin Roberts is some Svengali of a human. I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. She's incredible. Uh, so we had a conversation there. And yes, I'm going anywhere and everywhere because I'm trying to build a foundation. And if anybody thinks you make money on books, only Stephen King. Okay. I'm sorry. You don't make money on books. All, all the money is outgoing. You pay for your, your, your team, my agent. Oh gosh, it's such a mess. And it's, it's different than coaching.
0: Is the book selling well?
2: Uh, Yeah. 5,000 in 10 days. It's wow. It's, it's pretty good, but I, you know, I can't look at that anymore because with Amazon, things go up and down, bestseller in this, you know, bestseller on that. And then it changes. And again, as a coach, you don't have a fan mentality, you don't believe in polls. You don't believe in that stuff. You just believe in what you're doing. And so I'm applying my coaching principles to this book thing, although there definitely is an ego about it. You want your book doing well. There's a competitive thing here that I cannot well, do. That's why you're yeah. a
1: coach. Right? Last one for me, you mentioned it earlier. I love the fact that you're, you're bringing awareness to mental health because if there's one thing this pandemic is going to do um, long-term, it's going to affect kids, especially athletes, young athletes who haven't been able to play sports or have struggled playing sports or had to quit sports. I mean, long-term, have you thought about that? And what kind of words of advice would you have for those young athletes and coaches?
2: Yeah, you are exactly right. What I'm currently doing, when I talk to high school kids like AU teams, these kids are lost. Okay. So we're going back to basics. We're, We're talking about their life, their future, making their bed, getting a routine, uh, trying to connect with their friends. I mean, we're way back at square one with these kids. They are alone. They are afraid and not everybody has bipolar or anything like that. There's just anxiety, depression. Again, in my hometown is a suicide because he didn't have sports. Uh, I've had a a Northwestern athlete take their life. I've had a best friends, uh, my best friend, or t- not my, my best, a teammate's daughter, take her life. It's in the book. Enough, enough. We, we have got to get people to understand that routine and human connection is so important. And we got to find a way. And no, I certainly don't have all the answers.
0: Joanne, it sounds like um, you're not coaching basketball anymore, but now you're, you're a coach of life. That's what it sounds like to me.
2: Yeah, the old moniker. I changed it on my social media, Coach P for Life. Like, I, I, yeah, I love it. I love my monikers and I love my hashtags because there's going to be four of them because I love the final four and I only went once as a head coach and that's a real bummer. Um, so there's there's a connectivity to all of this and um, I'm just going to do whatever can be done.
0: You think you'll ever coach again? And will it be your decision?
2: Oh, it'll definitely be my decision. Um, of course, yeah. I mean...
0: Of course. Well, my my point is because of the way programs might look at you now, will it be your decision?
2: Oh, well, yeah, they can discriminate. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. I mean, no, maybe I'd never coach again. I mean, no, I get it. They, I mean, they can this is what you do. I was told if you do this, Joanne, you're going to be the bipolar coach. You're going to not be a final four coach anymore and so be it. That's I'm sorry. That that's the way it is. And if 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 somebody couldn't see past that, well, I'm sorry, you're part of the problem and I I don't need to be with you anyway. And so perhaps I won't coach. I mean, perhaps that opportunity will never come around again. So this is what I'm doing. I'm coaching and I love coaching. It will be my life. It's Coach P for life. And there we go.
0: Well said. Well, Joanne, really appreciate your time. And the book again is called Secret Warrior and it's available, I'm guessing, everywhere books are sold. Yes?
2: Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Easy guys, just get on it it's a fun book and it's an easy read. Okay. It's not like it's a literary great or something. It's an easy read. It's about 204 pages. Most people are getting through it in two days.
0: We'll pick it up. Thank you, Joanne.
2: (laughs) Thanks guys. Really appreciate the time.
0: Thanks for listening to We Are Unstoppable, sponsored by the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Campus.
1: You want more Unstoppable Stories? Subscribe to our podcast wherever you find and listen to podcasts. You can even ask your smart speaker to play We Are Unstoppable Podcasts.
0: And you can visit us at our website, unstoppablepodcasts.com, for more episodes and ways to subscribe. That's unstoppablepodcasts.com. Subscribe today.